1: Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, hello. Hey, governor. Hello, governor. (laughs)
0: Hello, governor.
1: It was snowing just a minute ago.
0: I saw that. Yeah. I... I was talking to my coach and I was like, holy shit, at this fucking state, it's snowing right now. <laughs> it's and it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's, I, it was
1: just like, you know, little snowflakes. They didn't they melted by the time they hit the ground, but
0: totally. It's kinda but fun I mean, to watch. They're still falling from the sky. I love this state so much. Me too. I really love living here in North Carolina. Yeah. But I will say the Weather here is as fickle as like a reality television (laughs) chick.
1: You never know what you're going to get.
0: I mean, it is just crazy. Anyway, today we have another amazing relationship-focused topic for you. If you are not aware, March is Relationship Month here at the Joy Junkie Show. And so we've been talking about crazy helpful stuff to help you communicate better with your partner And usually help you communicate with friends, family, or colleagues, best friends. I think that there's a lot of talk about how to improve intimate partnerships. And you can find books on that. But it's also hard to find a lot of great advice or tools and tips to have tough conversations where it affects your family relationships, siblings. Mm. You know, there's no books on how to communicate with best friends, really. Yeah. So – Yeah. A lot of this stuff, I'm hoping you will be very easily able to apply it to any relationship that you've got going on. And if you're not partnered, I really want you to think about all of these tips and how they affect and are applicable to other relationships that you might struggle with in your life. By the way, little disclaimer, if you hear anything in the background, our precious little baby dog just had her eyeball removed. Yes, you heard that right. So she's permanently like Winky Winkerson, Yep. and she has a cone on. So she, if you hear noises, she's been like bonking into everything because she
1: can't, <laughs>
0: she can't quite figure out what to do with one eye. But then she also has this cone that's Get it's the other
1: Captain Stitch.
0: Cumbersome. <laughs> You're making mom and dad look really unprofessional. Oh my gosh. Well, maybe that's a Poor perfect segue for you to take the mic for a minute.
1: Oh, for a little segment that we like to call. Would you rather? Yes. So today's Would You Rather is one that's near and dear to my heart. Oh, oh, really? Yes. Would you rather always be 20 minutes late? Uh oh. Or always 20 minutes early, no matter where you went?
0: I mean, definitely early. Like, who's going to pick late?
1: I think, I think a lot of people will, to be honest.
0: Really? Yeah,
1: I think. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, yeah. we we talk to a lot of people. You lose
1: your jobs. That's the, for sure. Like if you didn't, weren't self-employed.
0: A lot of the people that we talk to are recovering perfectionists.
1: Uh, perfectionists yeah.
0: are typically quite on time and vigilant about that. I mean, I would.
1: I don't know about that. Like I, I have some perfectionists that just never are. They're so perfectionists that it ends up putting their schedule behind.
0: I'm kind of like that.
1: Yeah. So, I'm
0: never, ever late to an actual appointment, though.
1: Uh, Yeah. See, that's the thing. That's the thing is, you know, if you're late to a, you know, a party,
0: 20 minutes, that's that's
1: actually fashionable. I prefer
0: to be like good 45 minutes (laughs) to an hour and a half late because I like a fucking entrance and I like people to be inebriated by the time I make my entrance.
1: It only takes 45 minutes for Bill to get inebriated?
0: Well, the, as I said, 45 minutes to an hour and a oh, half. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No. Okay. But <laughs> but if it's like, that's fine. You know, that's acceptable. But if you're like going to a job or to an interview or.
0: That's right. You know,
1: any of those types of things funerals, wakes, whatever. Yes. Y- you can't be late to those Bat types of things. Bot mitzvahs. Bot mitzvahs. <laughs> weddings. <laughs>
0: Else? what are baby's uh, first steps your dog's uh, first birthday party <laughs> oh my gosh i can't well okay so i'm going to choose i would rather be early i mean even yeah. though to me though if i throw let's go, let's go back here a minute to talk okay. about this party thing it is my pet fucking peeve when people are 20 minutes early like for me that would be somebody would be calling in to a coaching session and I'm still on a coaching call with somebody else. Yeah. yeah like, it, yeah, there's yeah. certain ways that I would not want people to be early and I cannot stand when I have a party that starts at 6 and people come early. Like, no!
1: If if they do, I just put them to work. <laughs> you know? Like, if you came early, you came to work. That's just how it works.
0: But then sometimes they're...
1: Like, open those chips. More right annoying.
0: Now. Then you have to use your words and be like, I can't talk to you right now about the shit that's going on in your yeah, life. Yeah, you're
1: usually putting your makeup or getting your hair done or, you know, doing that's something c- in the bathroom. crucial
0: glitter time when yes. I'm adhering glitter to my face for whatever <laughs> themed party we're glitter doing. Glitter time. Disco party or whatever. Yeah, anyway. All right. I can't well. be
1: 20 minutes late. That's glitter time. <laughs>
0: We like to call it go baby go time because yes. there's this crucial time that happens right before I need to leave anywhere that I'm running around the house and Mr. Smith will go, Go go baby, go.
1: Go, baby, go. go, 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 go. go, go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he like cheers me on and he he is <sighs> always chilling on the couch for like fifteen minutes before we're ready to like he's yeah. always way, way early. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. I don't
1: have any hair, so Makes it a lot easier.
0: That's true. And no false lashes to apply or anything like that. Well, we would love to hear what you would rather. So if you are not aware of this, we have a... Private Facebook group called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club that you are invited to. It's primarily about the podcast and for audience members, and we do tons of extra trainings. We talk about Would You Rather's every single Monday. We talk about biggest takeaway. I do additional Q and A time that's called Q and Slay every Thursday where I address any issues that have come up from the audience. So really rich. I always do extra freebies and coupon codes for classes that are going on so if you want to join the after hours club and tell us what you would rather for this week just go over to the joy slash club that will redirect you right over to the facebook group and you can join join us over there it's always a hoot to hear what people rationalize as far as their would you rather
1: it's very funny yes
0: super very fun funny. sometimes people are so in depth i'm like damn that's I really well thought out
1: you know, well i thought yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. All right. So let's talk about five super common relationship myths. Now, out of full transparency, I am going to be teaching a very in-depth, complete game-changing course all around communication inside intimate partnerships. And that is coming up in April. However, If you are on a VIP list, an interest list, people just kind of raising their hand saying, tell me about this course when you have all of the details, for those VIP people only, for 72 hours, just three days, they are going to have an opportunity to get it for far less than when it is officially launched. You're going to get additional bonuses. There are tons of reasons why you want to be a part of this sooner than later. So all you have to do is go over to the slash relationship. And that link is also in the show notes page. You should be able to find out on whatever platform you're listening on as well. And just get your name on that list. And so you will be certain to get the absolute best fucking deal on it. And we'll talk more about it today and next week, actually for a couple of weeks, probably. But this is truly this is for individuals, it's for couples. You do not have to have your partner's buy-in in order to go into it. You don't have to be super unhappy. You can be sort of happy, totally happy, miserable, it doesn't matter. You're going to gain tons of tools and tips to change how you deal with tough conversations, opposition in your relationship, the shit that pisses you off. You're going to understand why. You communicate the way you do. So anyway, we'll talk-
1: sharpening your communication skills, really, is what it's about.
0: It is all the shit that we bang our heads against the wall over and over again going, why cannot my my partner not understand this?
1: Mm -hmm. Why
0: are Mm -hmm. we having this same fucking conversation again? Right. And understanding why, first of all, why you both do what you do and then- choosing something different and gaining the skills and the language like the actual scripts to actually speak to each other what yes. to say yes. to further understand each other wow,
1: that's so beneficial my goodness
0: i can't wait i cannot wait i've been studying and devouring information and dr- i mean just it's gonna be so good i really think it's gonna absolutely change how people communicate inside their relationships. Joy Junkie
1: on point.
0: That's right. It's called Relationship Rx, and it's going to be a complete reboot on all things communication. So anyway, if you want in, go to the slash relationship. You'll be the first to hear about it. Let's talk about some of these relationship myths, things that we buy into and believe kind of as truths that then inform how we engage with our partners. And some of this stuff is coming from... My recent research and the things that I have uncovered around why we operate the way that we do when we converse with our partner. The first myth, the first lie is that you are right and he or she is wrong.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) So here's the The irony,
0: right? Here is the deal about, well, I'm right and you're wrong. The idea behind this is that that person is also right to them. Because we are coming to that conversation from our own set of information, right? So we're informed by our past experiences, how we view the current situation, what our perceptions of right and wrong are, our core value systems. All of these things inform how we view what is right and what is wrong. And then we take in information and we interpret it. So, a great example that I heard referenced in politics. Well, politics is a huge <laughs> one, but a, a great example that I read in one of these books that I've been combing through was about a mother and daughter and their perspective on smoking cigarettes, right? So, the mom obviously is like, how can you not see that this is wrong? Like, this is bad for you, this is unhealthy. And the daughter is like, well, duh, of course I know that. They're not really arguing about the actual facts of the situation. It is That's just the surface issue that's being presented. It just seems like it's about smoking. It's not really about smoking. What's it about? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) The deeper issue, spoiler alert, is about the feelings and the emotions. So the mom Mm -hmm. is probably feeling... All of these things like, oh my gosh, I'm losing my daughter, or she's have I have I not instilled her with the proper beliefs, and is it about me and my parenting? And so it could be a projection and you know, a sense of lack of control. And now I need to try to control my daughter, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have this daughter who's probably it was clear that smoking is not healthy like we're we're not really arguing about the facts we're arguing about how we are interpreting the facts
1: yeah and so
0: this person the daughter might be like i want my own sense of identity i want my own autonomy you're always trying to control me this is a way in which i can flex my ability to be independent Hmm. and what are they arguing about though they usually are going to be arguing about the actual fucking cigarettes and the smoke and
1: the
0: whatever and why it's healthy for – why would you want to do something that's not healthy for you? And what they need to be talking about is what that act means to them, what the emotion is underneath it. So then Hmm. if we're not communicating about that, then what we do is we interpret what the other person says to mean something. So let's say the mom threw away the cigarettes. The daughter – can look at that in a ton of different ways.
1: Yeah, that's And true. it's an
0: assumption of intention. And this is what we're going to dig into in depth and look at the assumptions that you make about your spouse and what they make about you and intention and things like that and how it manifests in this arena. But the daughter can look at that and go, okay, you threw away my cigarettes because you want to control me. Hmm. Or she can look at it and go, you threw away my cigarettes because you genuinely care for my well-being.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But
0: what we do is we assume the intent. You said that to me because you know that I'm insecure about that. You're trying to hurt me. That's what we assume our partner meant. Yes. So we start creating what they intend without conversing about it. And then what do we do? Then we gather evidence to support it. You all, so let's say the daughter decided that the story she was creating is. You are trying to control me. My mother is trying to control me. Do you think she notices anything else in the relationship other than control? Hmm. No. That is the story that she has written. And it's the only story that she is going to continue to read. So she Hmm. looks for evidence all around her to signify that her mom is trying to control her and stifle her independence.
1: Right.
0: And this is what happens in all of our partnerships. It happens in our work relationships. It happens all the time. And a lot of this, we think we get caught up in the facts. We get caught up in the right or wrong. You have to see it my way in order for this to resolve. And this course is actually going to talk a lot about not having to get your per- the other person to see it your way and actually agree with you, but how to actually understand each other. And where the other person is coming from, so it's a difference of I want to understand you instead of I'm convinced I must persuade you. Right.
1: Okay. So Makes when sense. you're
0: when you're caught up in this, I'm right and you're wrong. You have zero ability to understand somebody else.
1: There's the, yeah. There's zero ground to stand on. And yeah.
0: what we also know about relationships and about cultivating change is that people will not change a behavior unless they feel understood. So when you're asking your partner, hey, I want more sex or, you know, I want you to change in this way. I want you to be more understanding. I want you to be more romantic. I want you to be more ambitious. People will not change if they think they're just, it's being demanded of them. They'll change if they feel radically understood. And that is what we miss in our relationships.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's what this whole course is going to be. I'm so fucking lit up and excited about it <laughs> because it's it's totally possible. It's just shit we're not taught. We're not. I mean, even if we trace back physiologically how we're programmed, right? Like a lot of this is really rooted in the evolution of man. If we look at infants, what do we do? We scream and fucking yell to get our needs met.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That carries into our adult life, right? So whatever method that you used as a child to get your needs met, it's highly likely that that's infused in how you converse now. Absolutely. If you decided that getting my needs met, I had to hide out and not show who I was. And I had got my needs met through an external force that wasn't met by my parents. It's highly likely that you're evasive in your relationship. So anyway, I could go on and on and on about it, but that's the first myth is that it's all about who's right and who it's, who's wrong. It's not, you are both right in your own mind. So it's about understanding each other instead of persuading each other. The second myth that's super common is that he or she should already know that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you should know that already, or how can he not know? How can she not know? How can that... No, I, I, I don't understand. We've been through this a million times.
1: Right, yes.
0: If you have not spelled it out perfectly clearly and expressed the impact on you and how you interpret it, of course they're not going to see it as heavy and relevant and impactful, right? In fact, I just had this conversation with... With my coach, we were talking about a scheduling thing, and we both talked about the facts of the scenario, and then how each one of us interpreted those events. Hmm. And one of the things that she felt was, Amy should know that already from me. Amy should already – because she basically typed up something really kind of curt, knowing that I we have such an amazing relationship. Like, oh, Amy will know that already about me, that
1: mm-hmm. –
0: that if if we can't reschedule, that's totally fine. And and I was reading it like she wasn't making me as important as other clients. And I was then able to say, here's what I would love for you to say instead. And I, that has a lot to do with love language and how you interpret things. Oh, yeah, I, I am very much fueled by words of affirmation. So it's extremely hard for me to converse with people via text or email without a ton of exclamation points, without (laughs) emojis and smiley faces. If there is anything that I think could be misconstrued, I go over and above. Now, somebody else might go, I don't fucking have time for that. Just give it to me straight. But we don't know that unless we really understand how each other interprets things. Yeah. That was hugely helpful for me to hear what her assumption was. Her assumption was Amy should know that about our relationship already. We say I love you every time we hang up our coaching calls.
1: Right. Which yeah. I which
0: I actually do with all my students and clients anyway.
1: Right. Which, which is amazing.
0: I love, 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 love. Just got a message from a client today who I haven't talked to for for a few months and she was like, All right, love you. Bye. You know, what I no, just said? oh no, my God, I love these great. people so much. <laughs> so great. He or she shouldn't know that already. We have to reinforce. We basically operate our life with such a ridiculous amount of stimuli that there is no possible way that all of us can go through the exact same experience and notice and interpret the exact same things. Yep. Right? So another great example of this in, the, in one of these books that I was reading was about a workplace environment. And one person who was of Korean descent saw the workplace through a completely different set of experiences based off of being unfairly treated in a lot of ways because of ethnicity and race. So he saw the diversity of the company in a completely different way than another individual who was of Caucasian descent or white, you know, was white and saw that, okay, we've got somebody from. Puerto Rico. We've got somebody from the Philippines. We've got African-American people in high profile levels of authority. And so he's Mm -hmm. looking at it through a different set of experiences. He probably hasn't ever experienced not being turned down for a job or an ethnic slur, right? Versus this other individual who is looking at it through a completely different lens and is likely gathering evidence to support his story. His exactly. experience. So just know that we're all operating under such different levels of information and it's overloaded, right? Like that's why we can go to a movie and what you get from the movie and what I get from the movie is completely different. Yeah. It's the same fucking movie. Yeah. But what gathered our attention and grabbed our attention is totally different.
1: Right, right.
0: So much so that you leave going like, did we see the same fucking movie sometimes? Mm-hmm. Like, how <laughs> yeah. oh, I can't. I'm so surprised
1: by that. It's interesting that we're in the age of information age, you know, and we have so much information all the time that it's actually getting in the way of being able to be informed. Absolutely. You know, and that's kind of what you're talking about is, you know, we have so many other things going on in our life that it's hard to put our interpreting ear to what is being said and and actually get it. It needs to be said in a concise, clear way so that we can process it because we have so many other things spinning around that's right interesting
0: and this is why i think it's so incredibly imperative to teach this stuff and to actually build an in-depth rich course about it because we oftentimes think my husband doesn't support me my wife doesn't listen. And what we don't understand is what their experience is like and why that behavior is coming across to us this way. Hmm. So it's less about, let me make you be something totally different, but rather let me understand what's happening for you over there. And there's some very specific steps and tools and practices that you can employ in your marriage and in your relationship To make this shit really easy. Like, for example, the stuff that I talked about with my coach today to rectify how we both felt about the scheduling thing was like done, easy peasy. I was like, thank God we can talk. Thank God we can share what's happening for us and we have the skills to do so because that shit could have festered.
1: Could have blown, yeah.
0: And then, as we do, when we created a story, we gather evidence to support the story. Mm -hmm. So I could have looked for all these other examples. Of her being curt with me or writing me off or not valuing the relationship. Again, how yeah. I feel. So anyway, if you're listening to this stuff and you're going, holy shit, I have a totally skewed perspective about what the actual problem is. If you think the problem is my wife is too controlling. My husband never listens to me. Da 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 Honey, there is help. Let me tell you. If you think you've tried everything, you have not. <laughs> you probably have not not. There are some things that I do think are beyond repair things that are, if you're dealing with somebody who is a severe narcissist or if there's sociopathy or things like that, where they're not able to be sure, to empathize, sure. yeah. then we're dealing with something completely different. But a majority of the time, our relationships and how we even talk to our family is all skewed by perspective and then assumption of the other person's intention. Anyway, I could, go, I could go on and on. I get so excited about it. But if you want to <laughs> dig deeper and you know you need some of these skills and tips and tools, go get on that VIP list. Again, thejoyjunkie.com slash relationship. Number three, relationship myth. Number three, why should I fill in the blank until he or she does fill in the blank? Why should Ooh, I initiate the sex tit for tat. if he doesn't? Why should I clean up the house if he's not going to? Why should I express gratitude if she's never going to say thank you? Why should I fill in the fucking blank and tell me how that has been working? How has that ideology been working? Now, let me tell you this. Are you valid in feeling that way? Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, if you feel like somebody's not being there for you. Our natural defense is going to be like, well, why should I? That is a piece mm-hmm. of self-preservation. It is trying to caretake for yourself. What it doesn't do, though, is it doesn't progress the relationship at all. It does not rectify anything. It doesn't get your needs met in any kind of way because it's a stalemate. You're essentially yeah. p- building a wall and you are expecting the person to knock down that wall before you do.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's an interesting perspective.
0: The idea behind, well, why should I do this before he does, is because you're in a relationship, honey. <laughs> you're in a relationship that I think you got into because you actually liked that person.
1: That's kind of the idea.
0: And now you're warring with them, and you're tit-for-tatting, and you're trying to one-up them, and you're keeping fucking score. Hmm. <laughs> And keeping score never fosters intimacy. It never makes your sex life better. It never helps you co-parent better. It never helps you feel more understood. So although it is completely normal to feel that way, I need you to understand that behaving from that place never gets you what you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It never gets you what you want. And it's scary as all shit because you have to be vulnerable – In order to have that wall down a little bit. Mm -hmm. So what you can do, what you can start doing is inching towards that vulnerability a little bit by saying what you want and what you need or how you feel or even expressing gratitude. That can be a very easy way to kind of inch into this idea of I can be a little bit more vulnerable with this person. I can knock these walls down a little bit. So let's say you're thinking, well, why should I express gratitude? Because they never do. Just as a fucking experiment. Try it. Just try saying thank you to your partner about a small little thing that they've done that you've never acknowledged them for and just see what happens. And don't be a smart ass. Don't be like, <laughs> yeah, thank for doing it. You know, or oh yeah, good of you to finally snarky. take the trash out. Like that's not gratitude and it's not fucking vulnerable. Saying something like, hey, honey, I realize that I never tell you this, but it really means a lot to me that you always fill in the blank. Take the trash out and I never say thank you. And I just wanted to say thank you.
1: We do that quite a bit now. All the time. It's nice. It's nice.
0: We do it constantly. (laughs) We do. In fact, last night, perfect example. Last night, we were sitting down to watch TV. And Mr. Smith does this every fucking time. And it means the world to me. And I don't often vocalize it. Every time we sit down, or he will usually be watching television. And then I come out of the office and come to hang out. And he's already in the middle of a show. And he always says, hey, babe, we can watch something else. No matter what, if he's watching sports, if he's watching in the middle of a movie, in the middle of a TV show, doesn't matter. He offers to put it on hold so that we can watch something that we both enjoy. Now, if I was a dick to you all the time, I seriously doubt you would,
1: you know? (laughs) like I'd be like, "Uh, no, I'm going to watch this show. If you want to sit here and watch it with me, you're welcome.
0: Because why? Well, if you're not going to be... If you're not going to care about my relationship, you know, my time, or you're not going to respect what I've got going on, why should I, you know, and then you tip for tap more and more and more. What I'm trying to express to you guys is gratitude is the opposite of that. It is the complete opposite of it. And it's going to feel fumbly and awkward and weird at first because you're not used to it. You're used to keeping score. So last night I sit down. Immediately, Mr. Smith says, we can watch something else. We can totally watch something else. And I said, you know what? I was just pouring myself some water and I was thinking... I know exactly what he's going to say when I sit down. <laughs> and I don't thank him nearly enough for offering that every time. He totally disregards whatever he's watching, wherever his headspace is, immediately to cater to us being able to watch something that we both enjoy. It's such a lovely gesture. So I'm like, I don't think I thank you enough for that. I just wanted to say how much that means to me. And you were like, babe. I felt
1: nice, yeah. You're so sweet to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a beautiful thing to say. Well, it's just nice to be recognized for those things and not just take them for granted.
0: That's right. And John Gottman, who is, you know, one of the absolute gods, as far as I'm concerned, around all things relationship, talks about our vulnerability as bids for connection. So if you are bidding or opening the door, let's say, to connection by being vulnerable and you get shut down around every single corner. Like if you do go to say thank you to your partner and they write you off and they're like, good of you to fucking notice.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: That is a method of destroying a bid For connection. And we're going to talk about that a lot in Relationship RX and how we can understand what's happening on each person's perspective. Because if you shut down bid after bid after bid after bid, you eventually have complete stalemate and you just never turn to each other ever again.
1: Right. And then you're keeping score or it's just a mess. Yeah. Not good.
0: All right. Number four, relationship myth. Oh, I cannot tell him that. It would devastate him. Hmm. I cannot tell her. Oh, I could never tell her that. This is pretty much the crux of everything people pleasing that I'm always talking about. When you decide that you can't give voice to something because it may affect how the other person feels, you assume that you are 100% responsible for how they feel. You assume that what they feel is more important than how you feel. And you essentially have decided it's more beneficial for me to avoid this conflict and silently suffer. That is what you're doing. That's what we do in all relationships when we decide it's a form of people pleasing. Oh my gosh, Bianca's walking around like <laughs> just knocking her in the style. Yeah, she's trying to scratch and she's just like, she
1: can't Poor get thing. to her ear because cone's on the way.
0: She can't get to scratch her ear. Yeah. Oh, you can tell people how you feel you can tell your best friend that she hurt your feelings you can ask for a divorce you can tell your adult child that he's going to need to leave the house and not live with you any longer you can express some things that are going to carry emotional weight and you can do it from a place of you guessed it grace and kindness so one of the things that we're going to be discussing in rrx how cute right yeah, Relations I was just going to say, I wish there was
1: a program that could help you understand really this better.
0: One of the things that we're going to talk about in there are specific scripts and how to broach things that inevitably will it cause pain. And how to untangle what is your fault, what's blame, what blame has to do with it feeling 100% responsible? Because we can take that scenario and amplify it. That's no different than the child who is gay and refuses to come out of the closet because he knows it's going to hurt his parents who are crazy conservative. So what's the sacrifice? Your entire fucking life. And that is what happens over and over again when we decide it's more important that I stay silent in order to keep that person comfortable. Instead of Knowing how to address those things and then do it in a way that actually fosters a richer, deeper connection. That's what we don't see is when Hmm. we actually target or talk about something that's really hard and we do it in a loving way, it kicks ass in the intimacy department.
1: Yeah. Like I don't,
0: I don't know if we ever shared this publicly on the pod, but in the very early years of our relationship, this is approaching. Two decades ago. Yikes. I was super infatuated with a female friend of mine. I think we did talk about this before. And I really felt for – I mean, I've always been pretty open that I'm also attracted to women. I'm definitely more – I'm like a 70-30 in the percentile. I have thought for the longest time that I could have been happy with her as well, like when I was really young. Yeah. And the way in which we tackled that issue and – the maturity that both of us had to deal with that when when we were babies, really, it's kind of unbelievable.
1: I know the it's ability crazy. that
0: you had to come to me and say, "I feel like you have all my love, and I do not have all of yours." I never will forget you telling me that. You crying to me and telling me like, "I feel like you tell me I'm all you need, and then you show me something otherwise." Like we, it, me feeling like if I, you, I remember you telling me even if you can't talk to me about this. What are you going to do? I mean, you're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm a lesbian. I have to leave the marriage and go and, you know. Yeah. And because of that, I remember after that, we hit this, like, crazy place of intimacy. I shut it down. I, I was like, you're right. You are absolutely right. And I got rid of all communication with her and decided to put everything into my marriage. And we hit this crazy place of intimacy and connection. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want you to understand is possible when you actually do work on, in a loving, efficient, effective way, work through shit that's really hard, you can get to another place of radical intimacy and connection you didn't even know was possible. It has everything to do with how you handle conflict. Everything to do with it. Not that there's not going to be it. Of course, we have conflict. We've of course, dealt with so yeah. much shit in our 20 years. People dying, cars blowing up, being,
1: <laughs> you know, people literally blowing up.
0: Oh my gosh. Not having places to live, not having cars, like all sorts of shit. Yeah. And
1: moving across the country.
0: That's right. That's right. As of late. Okay. So, anyway wanted you to understand that there is a benefit to actually working through some of those tough things. Number five, he or she never blank or always blank. When we use words that I call, I call them absolutes, words like never, always, have to, won't, can't, things that are like a stamp in stone, that is a recipe for disaster because it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. When you are convinced that your husband never helps out around the house, never, a great example for us, never puts his shoes back in the basket. Guilty. If I said never though, that means that I notice every single time he doesn't put his shoes in the damn shoe basket. Because my story that I have made up is never, 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 never. Instead of going, that's an absolute, it's very rarely true, ever. It really isn't. So if I know that, I can start looking for opportunities where you do put your shoes in the basket and acknowledge those and have an opportunity to express gratitude for those things, right? And that's a perfect example of something that has come up recently for us that I'm like, oh, duh, Amy, use your tools. Start changing what you're gathering evidence for start expressing gratitude more acknowledge you know and it's super easy to rectify and then guess who's not pissed about shoes
1: this girl
0: (laughs) right because then i start noticing all the amazing things that times you do do that or the ways in which you're putting effort in or or just all of the other amazing things that are incredible about who you are oh thanks babe so watch yourself it's It's never, never. (laughs) It's very rarely never, and it's very rarely always. So watch your absolutes, and watch what you start gathering evidence to support.
1: Hmm.
0: After I've kind of blabbed on and on about this, is there anything else that's really come up for you, or that you wanted to throw into the mix?
1: No, I think I've I've just been kind of absorbing it all, to be honest.
0: I've been studying my ass off.
1: I know, I can tell. I can tell. I can tell by by the delivery i can tell by the passion i'm so excited yes like you are very very in your right in the groove
0: well it's almost like i'm seeing people wanting to unlock a door and this is the key and they are trying everything else they're trying to bulldoze the door they're trying to kick it down they're trying to do all and i'm like this is the key and You're, it's and it's easy
1: it's like finding an oracle in the matrix have you yeah. ever saw that movie? Right? I
0: have never seen The Matrix. Though.
1: And it wasn't about the Oracle. It was about him yes. figuring it out for himself. Exactly. Right? It was pretty oh cool. Oh, my gosh. So if you but he ha- had to have the tools that the Oracle gave her, gave him in order to find that. Yeah.
0: See? Yes, but you have had the power all along. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you take
1: the red or the blue pill?
0: I don't know that reference. Is that from it?
1: If you t- Yeah. If you take one pill, you go back into your knowing nothing about what's going Ugh. on behind the scenes and the other one you learn everything that's happening so would you rather
0: it that is <laughs> put that on the docket put that on the docket <laughs> all right guys so if you're interested in this brand new course that i am so excited to get out into the world go to com slash relationship and uh more more details to come And we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life.
1: Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.